Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. They're so heavy. Welcome, 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 everybody. Uh, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am a, a editing Disney boy. I have been working diligently on the Boston Gay Men's Chorus Disney Pride in concert all month. And I have I was singing Disney <laughs> as I was setting up the gear this morning. It is just is in my whole, brain. Is it a whole new world? It is a whole new world. The, by Give the way, us a sample, Michael. The Give version the version of a whole new world uh, that's in the show is like disco gay, whole new world. I mean, it's part of a, a collage of music. What's world? It? Whoop whoop. Well, it's like it's it's the same melody, but the beat behind it is a, is kind of it's not like a club beat per se, but it's the like disco hi hat kind of thing. It's, oh, it's great. It's, it's very good. That's fun. Uh, my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big guy living in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a well manicured eyebrow boy. Well, yeah. You know, I was going to remark on your eyebrows, don't well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I am Dan Oliverio, author and public speaker and chubby chaser. Um, gosh, yeah, it is. It's it's an it's a new day here because we don't really record on this day. So I'm I'm a little. It's true. I'm, disoriented. Out, I'm <laughs> disoriented and out of sorts. My sorts have been placed elsewhere. I mean, oh, you are I'm, still I'm wearing your PJs. I'm yes. just convinced today is Saturday. And Dan's we just, always we're going to find out later today. <laughs> it, it does feel like a Saturday. All of the things I normally do on a Saturday are happening today. So fuck it. It's Saturday today, everybody. It's Saturday. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And I'm, I don't know, I, I had a, a, <laughs> a, a breakfast pastry this morning that I realized like halfway through eating it, there was just this like, solid disc of sugar oh my god in it. it's a, a kugan kugamon so it does have a lot of sugar but like it had i don't know crystallized into this disc that i then took out because <laughs> you took I out a little you well, could remove I, it yeah wow that's how solid it was oh my god wow. um so i'm a little i have i can you can feel I, the power, power coursing through your veins um, <laughs> did you say that's like a lollipop <laughs> yeah <laughs> so before we get started, um, we do want to remind everybody, we have all of these wonderful people on Patreon supporting us. Thank you so much. We are working on some excellent content um, to take out to you. And we're also planning potentially um, for everybody, not just Patreon patrons, uh, a live Zoom encounter. We're still getting the details together for that. But please support us on Patreon. We use it uh, purely to pay an editor to work on the show so that I don't have to do it slaving away at my desk. <laughs> and I we've edit- lost the key to his chains. I know. <laughs> We're here right now. Um, so yeah, so please support us there. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so much for doing so if you already are. And now on to the episode. What do we got? Another reason I might be feeling power is mm. it's Fat Liberation Month. Yeah, I feel liberated. Hold on, I actually have, well, whatever. I missed the, I missed it. <laughs> Let's take that again, everybody. Um, fat Liberation Month, which is a big, big NAFA deal. Is that it's correct? a big fat deal. Mm-hmm. It's not just NAFA. Uh, NAFA did, did a ton of programming last year. So for those of you who feel maybe disoriented, last year uh, was the first Fat Liberation Month, and it was in May, but uh, the decision was made to move it because we didn't want to take any thunder away from uh, Asian American Pacific Islander heritage month, which is in May mm. and August is uh, a blank slate. It's <gasps> a fat slate. Are you sure? There was a lot of research and discussions, and, <laughs> but uh, Bats Langley made some fat liberation month art for NAFA, which I sent it in the group. Yeah. It is so cute. It's it is adorable. It is so it's cute. It's, it, it feels joyous. Yes. Like, Will that be on the website? 
They're all dancing. It is. Uh, It'll be on Instagram too by the time this comes out, I think. (laughs) Um, You know, because we're, it's disorienting. Everyone hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I I have maybe a Fat Liberation Month related tip. Okay, well. Later on in the episode. You gotta earn it. You gotta eat your dessert first (laughs) before we get to the the vegetables. (laughs) I don't know. You remove that sugar disc. Yeah. So starting off strong this week, though, we have big Lizzo news, which <gasps> yes. we don't always have. But uh, It's like a mini is, Lizzo watch. We're, going, yeah. we're doing a little throwback. 2022, big year for Lizzo, mm-hmm. um, came out swinging uh, with her new album titled Special. The single, or are there most, more than one single? I think The first so. single, probably. Anyway, her single, About Damn Time, is number one, uh, making waves and sounding fantastic. I haven't mm-hmm. listened to the whole album yet. It gives me uh, like summer jam vibes. Yes. Like very sort of like feel good. It kind of had like, it doesn't sound like Get Lucky, but it kind of reminds me of Get Lucky. It has the same kind of vibe. It has that like that background guitar thing. Yeah. Uh, We were talking the other day about it and Dan has heard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, it's a Dan story. (laughs) Oh boy. Dan has heard about Dan time, but I don't know how much he's heard of it in the actual version because there is a like a TikTok sound where it's about damn time, but it's like someone doing like a, Oh my God. Oh, you know what? I have heard that. I think I heard that before the actual song. I could hear, I could imagine Dan listening to the song going, it's about damn time. I'm totally. No, about damn time. It slaps. Everybody's gay is very good. Disco vibes. You're special, which there was like, Lizzie released like a little like 30 sec I may maybe less than 30 second clip of that earlier this year. And it's a really just great, like, I don't know, feel good power ballad. Yeah. Lizzo, like if you and and by the way, having access to our our Spotify statistics, um, I think Lizzo is our number, like I can tell what people who follow our podcast on Spotify listen to. Mm-hmm. And Lizzo is number one in that list. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. May, and do in no small part, I'm sure, to us. Yeah. So you're welcome, Lizzo. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can come do the interview now. We know you want to. <laughs> oh my God! Can you, I would just I, my head would explode. But it'd shoot off my body. Um, well, guess who's in the other room, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to see Lizzo in uh, November. November. It's a whole thing with like the the, the seating. box office. It's yeah. a whole yeah. But uh, who knows? We'll have updates about that. Closer to November. <laughs> We're still in August, people. We're moving on from good Lizzo vibes to uh, bad. Okay. <laughs> it's bad yeah, vibes. bad daylight savings sub vibes. It's um, the center of your shit sandwich. So it's it's the New York Post, which <laughs> is already <laughs> a bastion of journalism. <laughs> but I it's was interesting. It, yeah, it's uh, interesting. So the article is about um, controversy around a worker at a dog shelter not wanting to let a uh, a fat woman adopt a dog because she's fat and she's not going to walk it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um. This. So it's a New York Post article that's basically from like a Reddit. Am I the asshole? Mm-hmm. Post <laughs> that has that has since been deleted. I yeah. think because I don't know. I, I wonder if this person posted it looking for validation. And I, I think don't that's think exactly they the were case. getting. Well, it. it's it's really weird because you know. Huh. The article actually is pretty good about 
the about going back and forth between like showing everything. Yeah, yeah. And what? So here's the thing. So the 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 I, I, the worker. I'm not sure if they're a volunteer or not, but the person in charge of whether or not the dog goes out the door is like, well, you know, I got a lot of yellow green flags when I interviewed this woman about whether I should give her the dog. Like yellow green flags, which means what? What is what, what the does fuck that, is that mean? Okay, so and so as an example of the yellow green flag is, um, well, you say you're physically active, but I can see you're super fat. Right. Or so that's a yellow green flag. Another yellow green flag is, well, you know, this dog, this, this killed me, you know, this dog, you know, who, who's going to chase after this dog when it jumps over the fence and you know, who's going to run for two hours a day walking? Like, what do you mean run for two hours? Who a day? Nobody does that. The, yeah. What? What? Well, no, no person. I don't care if you're Jim fix who invented the running craze. You do not run <laughs> two hours a day with your dog. Nobody does that. So I'm like, what, what is the standard you are holding this person to in the first place? I can get that if it's a, let's say it's like a cattle dog, you know, like a, a you know, a, 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 a herding, like a herding dog, which is just, they're always on and they're always thinking and they're always got to be moving. Okay. Maybe that's not something for someone with a sedentary lifestyle, but the woman says she doesn't have a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. She lives like down the street or across the street from a, uh, a dog park. Yeah. And then what was interesting too, is a lot of the commentary that came back was like, you know, me and my wife are fat and we walk our dog five times a day, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. And, and it's just the assumption of ability. You know, you look at a fat person and you assume. Which it's really weird because the worker in the article says, well, you know, like, and I didn't want to, you know, I know that physical activity doesn't yeah. necessarily correlate with body size. But, but you, then, but you, and I didn't want to assume that, but that's exactly what you well, assume. And that was well, the also, response well, they were getting. Mm, yeah. The comments were saying, quoting yeah. the person, I know you can't judge fitness by looks. And then you immediately just did that. The best mm -hmm. thing to do would have been a home check and a two week foster trial. Like exactly. there's so many other routes you could have gone. Which is actually what we did when we got our, our bulldog. Is, yeah. Know. And then it, God, <laughs> we don't talk about the bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered that the, the rescue did not know a lot about the dog and mm. uh, it's fine. The happy ending he went to like uh, doggy rehab boot camp, and then got adopted by someone who lived alone right, like right at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, like someone and who lives alone in the greens of Montana. It's like it's yeah, they got oh, his wow. uh, antipsychotics right. <laughs> I was just That's curious. not a joke. He the, the dog was on antipsychotics. That was a thing. Oh, I'm suddenly I'm picturing you waking up in the middle of the night. There being a little bulldog next to your bed with a hatchet in its paws. I, you know, I think Trevor could have handled that. <laughs> it was everything else. Yeah. It was everything else, yeah. There was one thing about the article that really did annoy the crap out of me is that they kept putting fat phobia in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Well, because actually fat phobia isn't, you know, the term is being is being seen for what it is, which is increasingly inaccurate. It is not fat phobia. It is fat discrimination. It is anti-fat bias. Hmm. And and so I'm I'm okay with it being put in quotes because I but I don't it, think the New York Post is doing it because of yeah, that. Yeah, that is not why the Post is doing it. The Post is doing it because supposedly there's this thing called fat phobia. Maybe, or they're just like, look, we have no responsibility for the term. That's what was said. Mm. Hmm. I, I, I'm curious. Either way, I, I like even I would have put it in quotes too, because like they said that, but that's not what it is. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder how enlightened the writer, the writer of the article is, how much I, they were putting into it. So one thing that really kind of, I don't know, got me was the whole, the worker, shelter worker commenting on like, you know, she was sweating even though it wasn't hot out. Yeah. And, you, just, and you should have seen her walking back to her car. Struggling to walk back yes. to her car yeah. was the way oh they put it. God. Yeah. Which like, how do you know? What is, what is that? And what did that look don't, like? Don't know. You have zero context for what that, I mean, Dan 
gets hot and like sweats from seeing someone in a sweater on TV. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How can they wear that? They must be free. I, that's absolutely true. And every time I look at, like, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek, but I look at the show and I'm like, how do they wear those uniforms well, on that hot set? Who gets yeah. to determine what's hot out? I mean, if it's like, you know, 80 degrees out, I'll be sweating, but other people will be like, oh, it's so delightful. It's perfect mm -hmm. outside. Yeah. It's yeah. not even hot. If by region. Like, like you yeah. know, if people from Louisiana can take heat way better than most people from Minnesota. Well, I think they learn to ignore it. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Trevor said this thing to me that I, I've still never forgotten. I was having one of my moments like, oh my God, there's a man over there with a sweater. Why is he on fire? <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking like we it was, it, we were talking about people going to a wedding and dressing up for a wedding and the wedding is like outdoors in a humid, hot month. And I'm like, why would anybody do that to themselves? I'm like, and Trevor said like, Trevor turned to me and goes like, wow, you actually have the expectation that you'll be comfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yes, yes, I do. I grew up in Southern California. We were always comfortable. That's the point. <laughs> now, I've, yeah. I've done the same thing. I've gotten invitations for weddings outdoors in August. Mm. And all I can think is like, and you expect me to wear a suit? No. Never. No, no. I'll wear no. I'll wear shorts I'll wear and a, maybe a tank top. A bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. If you have a wedding in a pool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just imagining, Michael, like it's a outdoor wedding and there's a pool nearby. And then Michael just like run like you're in the wedding. I'm like, cannonball. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, and then plus, if you're fat, where you, you know you have a different ratio of volume to surface area than yeah. other people, and so yeah, the the cooling process, and then if it's humid, blah blah blah, and then if you're wearing, this is a thing I discovered again because I'm Mr. Heat Miser. <laughs> I discovered that most of my dress clothes, like when I was going out to teach, most of my dress clothes or you know uh, casual clothes, uh, office casual, were a polyester blend. And oh, that made such a tremendous breathe. difference in yeah. how hot I was. Like, I was wondering why I was always just sweating in the middle of class. And it was because, oh, yeah, you're wearing a cotton poly blend and not just cotton. Mm -hmm. Ugh. No. I'm just Linen glad. is your friend in the summer. Mm. You just have to wash it all the time. And iron it. I'm just glad to see, like, the New York Post. <laughs> I, I, like, posting something, like, I don't, I wouldn't say this is a positive. I would say it's, like, very neutral yeah. and, like, an appropriate tone. And seeing on Reddit people, yeah, defending fat people. Yeah, that's normally, shocking. Uh, it's shocking how much. Well, even though Reddit like got rid of the the fat people hate subreddit, it's basically just been replaced by other things, like by uh, by putting in every other story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, there were certainly a fair number of comments that were like, "Well, of course you shouldn't be giving that dog away to fat people." I mean, just yeah. look at them. They eat the dog. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible that the New York Post is aspiring to responsible journalism. And that is a way of... I mean, we should encourage them, you know, even well, though if they probably put well, responsible in quotation I mean, marks. look, they're, they're, they're a newspaper that is, you know, not... Salty. A little bit. They're a newspaper that is not hung up on, you know, being being particularly fair. They're very hung or up accurate. on... accurate. Well, they're very hung up on making a profit. Yeah. And yeah. having this kind of story, you know, it's a dog story and it's a fat story. Oh, my God. It's a no-brainer. Well, it's the, it's the winds of change, which... Feel them. <laughs> Blow over you. Smells like an orange grove. It's that set. <laughs> they pump that up. It's Fat Watch. Yes. 2022. We should have had the scream of orange trees in that. Yes. <laughs> that would be nice. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, we have a, a NPR piece that mm. was interesting. I feel like this came from either Dan or Don. I, well, I, I definitely had seen it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it, then I think, really but I think you shared it. Yeah. Um, and it is an interesting piece about a company in Illinois that took a interesting approach is it to CHI or CHI? CHI. CHI. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're a manufacturing company. They manufacture garage doors and garage door. Op- I don't know if they manufacture garage door openers, but anyway, it's, it's, they're, they're it's an a, eight- completely separate. <laughs> they're, <laughs> it's a whole Damn. different industry, Dan, but they, um, they're an 800 person company. And about seven years ago, they switched to a different model. They became employee owned, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily the secret to success, but what is, is they had this program where they would, with through their 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 profit sharing they would take a they would take the profits and then the the employees would vote on what they wanted to see change so it's mm-hmm. the employees addressing the change that would actually affect them rather mm-hmm. than a top down dictate right and they would give the so that it was organized so that like they'll spend $100,000 uh, on a project and that project is is whatever the employees say needs fixing. Yeah, and yeah. so the story of it was was really I liked how they told it because they kind of started backwards. But so these projects were you know a lot of things like oh we don't have a proper you know we don't have a proper uh, cafeteria. Yeah, because um, they were having to go out for junk food, and so the reason that this is like they call this a health initiative is because they invested a hundred thousand dollars in putting in a cafeteria and they want to have a clinic on site. An on, yeah. An mm-hmm. on-site medical clinic. Um, and they're looking and, at maybe putting a gym there. Yeah. And to lay down a baseline for this, most other companies right now, a, f- a fitness initiative involves how much fat exists in our company mm-hmm. and we'll give you $20 for every pound you lose over the course yeah, of the summer. Exactly. It's all yeah. based on And yeah. it's, it never works. It never works. And it's and prejudicial. Like it's basically, you know, it's, it's, it's another form of discriminating economically against your fat, your fat employees. Yeah. And in, I know that some companies have even set up structures where it, it gives incentives for employees to kind of attack and prod fat employees to work harder to lose weight because yeah. they all make money in that yeah. case, which fuck you. You know, like there's but no other way of putting it. The the payoff to this though is that they they do all these initiatives, you know, eight years ago, however long it was, mm-hmm. and you know, the employees feel great because not only are they getting things that they actually want and can use, but they were the central part of the process They're choosing empowered. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was good enough until eight years later they have this big meeting about um bonuses that are gonna go out. Uh-huh. And uh Basically, they were expecting maybe, I don't know, like, what's this going to be? Like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, maybe more. And to, it, to each person. Yeah. To each person. Yep. And they come in, and it's it's like a bottom floor of like $175,000 per yeah. person. Yeah, the it is Hourly workers were getting mm-hmm. Hourly workers. Like, yeah, like two hundred yeah. grand. It was life-changing. People were weeping with happiness. And, and this is because the productivity had shot up so high that they were now an industry leader in rapidity of their manufacturing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. basically the environment that the workers helped create that the company allowed them to do made it so and that you know they basically said thank you that's for doing that that's the thing that. that's been so insane in the United States is like study after study after study after study confirms that a happy workforce is more productive Yet the executive workforce is always incentivized just to cut salaries, cut perks, well, cut mm-hmm. but benefits. It's, it's important to, yeah. what do we mean by happiness? Yeah. Because the, you know, the, the CEOs are, are saying like, well, yeah, I made them happy. I gave them all shoes. I made them happy. I gave them all you know, ex, an extra 10 seconds at lunch. That should make them very happy. And it, it's not about this, this sort of airy fairy concept of happiness. 
it's about direct empowerment where the where the employees are making decisions about what the employees need to be more productive and functional. Mm-hmm. And right. and what I love about this story too is it exemplifies how like we're so concerned about health, 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 mm-hmm. and yet all we do is nothing. We have all these programs to incentivize health that go nowhere. Like study mm-hmm. after study has also shown that all these health incentives do nothing, have a net result of zero and still cost money. Yeah, This is actually, what's important to see here is it's a systemic approach. It is the entire organization, not focused on health, but focused on what would be better for humans' lives mm-hmm. who work for us. Mm-hmm. And if you improve that, oh gosh, you have better health outcomes and you have better profit outcomes. Well, and anyone who's worked a job they hated will know that there's no amount of money that will make you love a job you hate. And Mm -hmm. so you start with the actual job itself and the environment and the the things you deal with day to day, things that will actually make you happier and make you believe in your job more. And and it doesn't have to be actually job related. It's not like, oh, well, what tasks do you prefer to do? It's like, well, no, I would just love to have a cafeteria where I can get like affordable food that tastes good. And then you build up from there. And so the reward at the end of it is like you guys, it's like the reward of money is you did such a fantastic job. Here is a bonus. And that's like, it, it is a bonus. It's an added thing. It's not meant like getting a raise, like negotiating a raise for a job you hate doesn't keep you at that job. Mm-hmm. I think anybody who's had that experience will know. When I visit my father up in Oregon, uh, there's like three or four supermarkets around him, one of which is a co-op, mm-hmm. right? In all of the other supermarkets that you go in up there, you can actually hear the Russian boat music as soon as you run into the front door. Like just people are miserable there, mm-hmm. and super unhappy. You walk into the co-op and it's like freaking taking a little ride down. Uh, uh, it's a small world. Just mm. everyone singing and dancing in the aisles and loving <laughs> yeah. life. You know, it's you can feel the difference in a place where people feel like they have a stake that they're like their work is their work is valued, you know, in by that kind of structure in a way where top down very rarely expresses. I mean, that. you'd be surprised how far that extends. I'm <laughs> I have a gym story about that. So. Equinox is this really, really super high-end gym. And it's all about, you know, it's all about like, do you look like you belong here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like it, but there was no other gym for me in, until very recently. What was interesting is what I, the thing I would, I, that drove me nuts about the place is like, and again, if you, if you use free weights, they put the weights not in a place where they're usable for the equipment. And I, I, t- I talked to uh, the personal training manager. I was like, why, why do you don't, why don't you put, like, why aren't there more weight trees? Like, and weight trees are like where you store the weights when they're yeah. not on a piece of equipment. And he said, oh, because management went through and they told us to get rid of the weight trees because they're not aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> like your only job wow. is to be functional and you, and you're, you're, mm. and this is a stupid example and a rather limited example, but it also shows like this, there's this concept in American business of how does it look rather than how does it function? Yeah. And we, we do that a lot in American society of like, well, we, we could make it work better, but it would require a lot of change. And you know, we're not, it's not going to do that. <laughs> it would look better it would, at a gym. No, at less. A gym, like, no less, yeah. a, well, because it's Equinox and they're, well, about, well, they're about how it looks. They're yeah. really about how it looks. The trees are going to get in the way of people's selfies. Yeah. I feel like we've gone up and then we went down mm. and then we went up. And now let's go sideways. Now let's down. Yeah, it, uh, I guess it depends on your point of view. But our our main subject today is uh, it was <sighs> it was so simple and yet is that my phone? What the fuck? Sounds like it's your phone. My phone is off. What is it? What? How? What? <laughs> 
I don't know what happened. Michael's phone just got possessed and started playing. <laughs> it was your phone, video. right? It was my phone. Yeah. I but like I turned it off. Like I anyway. You really shouldn't have got that phone at the cursed pawn shop. Yeah. I <laughs> warned you at the time. Look, it was a great deal. It was a Verizon wireless it and he spoke got it to and, me. <laughs> yeah, but if the, once the transaction is done, if the shopkeep just cackles maniacally like that, it's a bad sign. Hey, how many, how well, when I went back to return it, the shop was gone. Yeah. What do you want me to do? <laughs> and you really can't pass up a deal, you know, for a cell phone for just two monkey digits. Two monkey yeah. digits. <laughs> I had them on me. What did you want me to do? <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. Speaking of monkey paws. Oh, so we're keeping that bit in. Is that Jamie, Jamie. We're going to keep that. Okay. So uh, yeah. a listener, uh, I saw this, but a listener also sent it in <laughs> and there was an interview with, uh, Vanessa Lachey of love is blind, which I did. I think I'm probably the only one here that watched love is blind. Dan saw some of it. I, I was, saw I was 20 minutes in, of the pilot. I was trapped in the room at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who this was like, I don't know if it was early pandemic or like right before the pandemic, but um, love is blind is a Netflix show where the contestants are separated. The men and women are separated and kind of in these separate pods. And there are these rooms where they can flirt and talk to other people, but they don't get to see them mm-hmm. until they agree to meet. And then they have a, uh, interaction period where they're like having face-to-face dates, but basically the the concept is they are you know l- they don't get to see each other. They're getting to know each other in the absence of any sort of physical or visual response. Right, right. And and the the, the call to action here is to have plus size people on the show. Yes. Which well, well there are two things here. So the, yeah. the first thing that Trevor's talking about is the host when asked, yeah. why don't you have more plus oh, okay. size people? Yeah. Uh, she said, well, you know, plus size people just don't have the confidence to come on our show, I guess, because they're, they're not there. Yeah, they, they're too insecure yeah. for... It's their the fault show. they're not on our show. Well, and, you know, it's... they Like, I, I have the good sense not to go into war zones. You know, it's like... It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know why they don't show up. It's just a war zone. Um, um, so, there was, there's been another discussion that I... Been, I've been keeping an eye on this, but I was didn't really know how to make it into a main topic. Was there were there was is an online petition for there to be more plus size guests on The Bachelor, mm-hmm. which has happened before. Yes, there were yes. There a, a season where there were two plus size contestants and they went home the first week. No, I, yeah, exactly. I think someone said like, oh, the they first both week. went home the mm-hmm. first week. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, boom, boom. Okay, done, done with that. Now, now we can get it onto the real show. Well, that, they get the headline, <laughs> so, but and then that's the- but that's our discussion today. Yeah, it's like, is adding fat contestants to dating shows one viable, two a good idea, and three? Well, like, what's and, the cost of it? Well, well, it yeah, like, well, so, well hold on, hold on. We, it, we what benefit does it give us? We have to frame it properly because the people who are there's actually this fan group who previously petitioned The Bachelor to put people of color on the show and now is petitioning to put plus-size people, uh, a diversity of, or just body diversity on the show. But they're being a bit more responsible than just like, hey, you should have fat people. What could go wrong? <laughs> they're, they actually have, it, uh, uh, they have five points of how to do this. Uh, cast a minimum of five fat, diverse contestants each season. Give equitable screen time to fat contestants, which is the other thing I've seen happen mm-hmm. on situations like that. Choose leads who specify that they are attracted to fat people. Provide mental health support to contestants navigating harassment, which, you know what, mm. that's just not, that's not just for fat people anymore. Exactly. 
uh, and hire fat staff in production and incorporate fat inclusion training, which I thought was a nice touch. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of important. Yeah. It's kind of like getting like, you can, you can cast fat actors in, in roles, but like if you don't have fat people on the, on the back end of mm. the front side of production, like writing, directing. Well, yeah. or just like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you needed a chair that wasn't, you know, a size two chair. Right, right. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about The Bachelor. Is this even conceivable? Well, I do like that. My thing about it is this. Number one, you have to start with, it's it's lovely to say that in a in a wonderful, perfect and diverse world that everybody gets a date all the time. It is not fair to put fat people in a situation where they know they're going to be discriminated against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is also unfair to ask a straight-sized person, you must be attracted to this person equally to that person. Right. That's also unfair. I mean, it would be the same as if I go on, it, it would be like if I go on a dating show and I say I'm gay and they're like, oh, and by the way, half the people are women. I'm like, well, okay, but then I'm not dating half the people. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, it, and and I realize for some people that may seem an inap, uh, inaccurate analogy, but for a chubby chaser, that absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Though I, I like their idea of including someone who is more open to a diverse body attraction. Exactly, because there are, there are three kinds of people, right? There's the people like me who are chubby chasers. There mm-hmm. are the people who are like, nope, ne- never dating a fat person. And then there's a lot of people who are like, you know, the body size is not a deal breaker. Yeah. It's, they, have, they have a larger range of what they'd appreciate. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, just starting off, like we've talked before, like body type appreciation exists on a range. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Just start stretching the range. You know, all the time you see these bachelors on the bachelor show, I've, I've seen the first episode a couple times of multiple of these shows as they're looking at being introduced to the bachelor bachelorettes, their body is just going straight down. Their, their eyes just go straight down their bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can see right off the bat, he's attracted to this one body type. Well, that's okay. Yeah. We put the whole show that one body type. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see the, you know, but just seeing people who have more diversity in who, what they're attracted to can help people model their own behavior and sort of realize, you know, maybe I am attracted to this thing and I just didn't allow myself to think that way. That often happens. But I, my thing is like, I feel like, especially, especially with The Bachelor, I mean, The Bachelor has been going, I don't know how many seasons now, 30 something. Oh God, Too many. More. Long time. The primary audience of that show does not want to watch the, like, I, I hesitate. I can't really think of a different way to say it because this is how it would be framed in like, people criticizing it, the woke version of The Bachelor. Yeah. He, that, that is what would be on Twitter. Like, I can't believe The Bachelor. It, I think the, the woke mob came for The Bachelor. Because <laughs> it's like, people don't want to, they want to watch the messy, you know, dating show where there's going to be rivalries and just well, nonsense. I, and, I think we need to create our own uh, version of the bachelor called the fatular well, that's been done you know that. that's has it really yeah, yeah no tell me they had the the bachelor was a chubby guy and i don't know if it went anywhere but i remember this was a big deal in the news yes it well it was so it was a, a fat guy and then fat women but then i think there was a twist at some point do you remember the show don i don't remember the show we at talked all. we talked about this i think way way back really no, um not you sorry um, <laughs> there was like a twist, I think at one point where they brought in like skinny women at a certain point in the show. Oh my God. How brave. <laughs> no, well, I, think the idea like, like, <laughs> I think the idea was like, now how, now how do the fat people look? Ha, ha, ha. Uh, it was sort of this like, okay, now the show can really start. <laughs> um, I'm reminded of beauty and the geek. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Where the concept was you have this one super hot bachelorette and then all of the guys are skinny 
like there were no fat geeks. Mm-hmm. They were skinny, sort of scrawny, really smart business entrepreneurs. Right. And I'm going to guess pretty handsome in some form. Like, like they may not present as handsome, but they clean mm, up well. They, but uh, like more, more normal looking. Yeah, guys, exactly. You know? Well, and because he, and, but, but again, with this show, the premise was she's so hot, they're so not, but they have other things to offer. And then halfway through the show, they dump hot male models into the mix mm-hmm. and suddenly all the geeks are gone. <sighs> you know, it's like, well, which you could say like, isn't that an interesting social commentary, social experiment? Doesn't it prove what we've been saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but here, I personally don't want to watch it. Right. But, yes. but here's the thing. The, this is the thing it's for the audience. Right. And as Trevor points out, there are, there are two things that the audience demands of a show like this. One is trauma mm-hmm. because this is part of a genre that I call trauma TV. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the other thing is you are going to get very, very upset audience members. If the hot people don't end up together and the ugly people yeah. end up together mm-hmm. when you have, and I've encountered this out in the world at a personal level, when you mismatch, when people perceive you as dating quote unquote, outside your league, people get upset. Mm-hmm. Like it, they get angry that, oh my God, I can't believe he's with her. She's with him. Him's with him. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. They have such a vested interest in making sure that people stay in their quote unquote league. Mm-hmm. Which you could turn it around to make it an argument that, you know, seeing more inclusion and getting that league stretched out in dating reality shows might be beneficial to society. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. I, I, it's, you, know. you got to get underneath it because it's a conversation about league, not stretching the league, in my mind. I mean, but uh, well, I feel like if you stretch the league, eventually you break the league system. Mm. It's like it's like the cast system. As soon as there's like. You got to look at the underlying principles. That's That's what I say. These shows do not represent any reality in which people actually meet and date in the world. No. Right. Yeah. That's, I think the biggest problem, and I mean, it's such a formula at this point to mess with it would be, I think, like, no one would like it because it would be, I think, still just what you would expect would happen where I, I think when, you know, they're approaching, they're interviewing bachelors for the show and it's like, oh, do you, you know, what type of women do you like? And if someone was like, oh, well, I like all types, they still might not. I, to me, it's like, like it's endemic to the format. Like it's it it kind of feels like the, the only metaphor I could think of was like or the simile is when the uh, the clown organization gets really upset when there's a, a horror movie that has a clown villain yeah. in it, and they say you're just demonizing clowns and you're making everybody hate us, and it's like, but but it's a horror movie called It, where the cl- like it's. That's the point is that the clown attracts kids and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that is the entertainment. Like, if you don't like it, that's fine. The horror fine, is but, that it's a clown because clowns right. are supposed to represent something. Well, and, and bigger than that, because there is a current in society that is terrified of clowns. That did not come from nowhere. Right. And that's why mm-hmm. they tune in. That's why it's interesting. And so yeah. it's like, that is that is part that it is intrinsic to the the format of that yeah. story and and similarly i think the bachelor like trevor said it's not trying to actually represent real life dating <laughs> yeah. it is an entertainment format yes. and, and yeah and dan i think you left off like the fourth element to these things which is fantasy and projection mm-hmm. like these people want to project themselves onto the into the place of the bachelor and have all these women that they personally are attracted to 
fawning over them. I think it's one of the reasons why The Bachelor tends to be so bland. (laughs) Maybe. I'm not sure how many people actually see themselves through it. I think like, oh, look, hot women. I like that. Or hot men. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think think they're trying to create an attractive, a, a nice bauble to look at. I mean, that's certainly part of the show. How much identification there is with it? I don't I, know. I, I, I think it tickles the same t- ticket as the uh, team tickles the same spot as uh, soap operas, where soap operas involve a lot of projection. And sure, mm-hmm. but but the, the, again, that's trauma to you. They're they're tuning in for the they're tuning. It's Jerry Springer. They're tuning in for a different version of. Oh, oh my God! He threw a chair at her. Fantasy well, and trauma are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> okay, and it's I mean very much objectification. I don't like I said I don't watch yes. these shows, but. Um, my Pilates instructor was watching the new season of The Bachelorette, which I guess like it was, I don't know if it was the first week or, but very early on, there was like a speedo competition <laughs> that was, he was commenting that he thought it was weird because they were all in speedos, but it was blurred. What? Which I think is because there was probably a visible penis outline. Sure. Is that in some or like it was enough to where like we were just going to blur all of them because it would be weird to blur some of them. Well, and I almost feel like the blurring makes it, it's kind of More like scandalous. bleeping. Yeah. It's yeah. like bleeping yeah. curse words. Like sometimes the joke is funnier when the curse word is bleeped out. Yeah. Like I think it makes it more alluring to have everybody blurred. It's like, Oh, but what is under there? Like you, you know, like how big or how small mm-hmm. or whatever you get to kind of talk about it and guess and wonder. It's like uh, never seeing the horror villain yeah. until the very, very end. <laughs> well, and, and it is prime <laughs> the time. The monster penis. Yes. <laughs> it is prime time network TV. So yeah. I imagine there are certain standards that they have. Well, and they're going to be extra careful because like, well, yeah, because yeah. their audience, their audience There's, is middle America, I, wholesome, heterosexual. I remember a, a friend of mine who works in, uh, uh, it's not costume design, it's uh, uh, set costuming. And they, uh, whenever there's somebody in their underwear on, it's, an, it's network TV, um, they have to heavily pad the underwear to make it smooth, like Kendall mm-hmm. smooth. Like you cannot see a bulge of any kind. And so they have to like literally put padding on the inside. And think yeah. of how that's just the opposite for like women's breasts. <laughs> like yeah. no one's interested in padding a woman so that it just looks like a, a mono shelf. Mm. <laughs> well, nipple concealment is actually a thing. It is, but I'm yeah. talking about the whole shape or outline or like, I mean, people pay money to make sure you can see that. Um, <laughs> that's the, what a lot of uh, costume design is about. I was, so the listener that sent this in and I said, oh, you know, I'm, I already saw it and I'm fuming. You know, we were kind of going back and forth and just about everything we've discussed already. But I was saying that if there was a version of this, I think if you had, you know, so it's The Bachelorette and the twist that season is there's some guys with dad bods. You know, dad, I said dad bods up to maybe like Jack Black like yeah. there's there's you know dead bots and then like one like jack black level of chubby guy mm-hmm. who's like you know a jack black type he's the yeah <laughs> <laughs> he has slide comes out on rollerblades with an electric guitar yeah um <laughs> grab like, a fruit beer and a pineapple pizza yeah i think that would be the entry point sure. because there is i feel like more i th- and i think both of these shows the primary audience is women um, but I think it would be like, oh, but like he's cute and he's like a teddy bear. And- yeah, but, but, and here's the thing, here's the thing, guy, the, the show is designed to show us who gets the girl, mm-hmm. who gets the guy. And, and I think part of the, the met where I like that idea, Trevor, but part of what gets me in the end is, but what we're really going to show is how, you know, you can be as cool and as hip and as smart or as whatever as you like. But you're not going to get the girl. Mm-hmm. But you're never going to get the girl. But guy. if it's like down to, you know, Jack, 
jork block <laughs> the the the, the you know, chubby roller skating guitar playing guy and then like ken chad <laughs> chad douchington <laughs> and she ends up at the last minute going with chad. jork jork block yeah but see i don't think so i think she will go with chad douchington even and even no though, because they'll make her do it because it's good tv for her to be with jork the block. audience will never forgive them the audience no because i think they would them. i think it would be well, of course you're going to go with the sweet because he's he's nice and he's sweet and he's safe. Uh, I have so many options for the title of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, again, the audience really cares that the right people end up with the so-called right people. But I think it's the are, happy ending. It's the I Disney think ending. we're at a point. We live in a society <laughs> where sure. I think people would be mad if, you know, the bachelor out of all, you know, there's like he picks one of the five fat girls I think would get more of a rise out of the audience than you know the, the bachelorette picking jork block it, that is that is my opinion oh interesting that it it would have to be the bachelorette picking a fat contestant before the bachelor picking a fat contestant I, yeah. I feel like for this to work well one it's going to be controversial no matter oh. which way they pick, yeah, it's exactly. going to be controversial. Yeah, and if they do nothing, it's already it's controversial. It's not a bad thing on any kind of reality show where they thrive on that sort of attention. And two, I think you would have to kind of hint early in the show that they were interested in Jork. Yeah. Right? Like they have to actually show an interest and get the audience sort of excited about it. If that happened, they might actually pull in more Jorks to watch the show. Maybe. <laughs> I, just, I just know that is my experience of a chubby chaser once and i don't know if this is true for you michael or the other chubby chasers out there in chubby chaser land <laughs> but you know when people find out you're a chubby chaser they're like oh well you're that and you are no longer regarded as normal your taste will be dismissed your taste yeah. will be dismissed and so if you set that up like you say mm -hmm. which i mean I, i'm not disparaging the idea i just like i can see how this would go they're going to be like, oh, well, okay, if he's one of those things. There's now, something I, wrong with on that mm -hmm. one I have to, Well, I, uh, that one I have to disagree with you is simply in that audience numbers are audience numbers, and they don't care who mm -hmm. is making up that audience as long as they are no, consumers. They will, I, uh, my my yeah. thesis is they'll say, oh, it, we don't have to watch this season. They have a freak on there. Oh, but we're talking about, you're talking about the audience. I'm talking about executives. And oh, like, well, the audience is. If the, if the audience numbers go up because of, like, but they I'd won't, they won't, I, I think they'll go down. As an example, I'm curious if like when they introduced black contestants, did this primarily white audience drop at all? You know, I don't know. So I suspect so. I'd be, I'd be curious because they still have black people on the show. Well, viewer, if you think, <laughs> uh, the bachelorette shouldn't pick Chad Dushington, press, <laughs> press one. one. No. If you think she should you take Jork Flock, <laughs> press two now and uh, let us know at our various social media. <laughs> I mean, we could keep doing the, the, this, could go on for several months. No, hours. they should press eight because that's the fattest <laughs> <Yeah>. number. <Yes. laughs> eight is the fattest number. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> I, I did tease before that uh, yes. there were some tips, some fat tips for Fat Liberation Month. Yay. Um, so, there is still uh, some programming being locked in for Fet Liberation Month at the time of recording. But there are two things I want to give shout outs to as far as uh, NAFA programming. There is uh, on Saturday, August 6th at 2 p.m. Pacific time, Bree, who was a guest in our sex toy episode, mm. is leading us through a 
uh, Fat Community Magic and Tarot reading Ooh. on Zoom. Interesting. Um, which uh, Bree did last year. It was wonderful. They did an awesome job. There was some uh, group cauldron magic, kind of creating intention huh. and good vibes for Fat Liberation Month where everyone was kind of suggesting different herbs and flowers and their intentions. It was very cool. Um, some great tarot readings. Bree uses uh, Uno cards to do tarot readings, <laughs> which is a very uh, cool thing. What, so what happens if you get a draw four? <laughs> I don't think the. I think it's just the numbers and colors. I don't think there's Death. any of the draw cards. <laughs> just like Death. quadruple the card that comes after it. Um, another very exciting event is um, on Saturday the 13th, we are having uh, a spooky mm. Saturday the 13th with uh, Seance Knows, hmm. a beloved drag queen. Hmm. The time is, I guess, still coming. Um, but all, what is all of, a spooky? What, how does it get? How spooky does it get? Think more like, I don't know, goosebumps than tales from the crypt. Okay. Uh, right. Seance has the most amazing like zoom setup I have ever seen with these transitions, which like hmm. if we ever do more zoom stuff, I want to know what this is. Cause there's like video transitions of like curtains dropping across the screen and then Seance like, <laughs> dances across and the curtains lift back up and it will like transition from her live video to like music videos. I know them do that. It's so cool. It's yeah. I, I, it's the best zoom thing I've ever seen when she was showing it off. Well, anyway, it's uh, so those are two things that are locked in. We may be having uh, a fat jazz brunch with Ooh. Special, some special music guests. And, is uh, Chad Dushington going to be there? Yeah, no. <laughs> oh no, my Jork. God, he's so dreamy. I was hoping Jork. to meet Jork. <laughs> yeah, Jork Block. Jork Block. They're um, actually a couple. <laughs> they ditched the, the Bachelorette. Yes. I would, I'd, I'd love to see them as a couple. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will link to the rest of uh, the uh, Nefes Fett Liberation Month stuff on our website and our social media. Also, just follow uh, hashtag Fet Liberation Month hmm. for stuff NAF is doing, stuff other organizations are doing. Um, I know No Lose at some point is doing like a, a fat friend speed dating thing. Ooh, interesting. Um, lots of cool stuff. Hashtag Fet Liberation Month. Um, and I think that will take us right into our bit. It will. Indeed. So since we are doing a focus on dating reality shows... I uh, did a quick dive into the history and uh, execution of various uh, dating reality shows. <laughs> Holy crap. That there is some, they, they had some interesting ideas in the past. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so here are four questions dealing with dating reality shows. So made famous by her 1990 sex scandal with Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky may not seem like the most likely person to host a dating reality show, but in 2003, she did get her crack at it. What was the show that Monica Lewinsky hosted? One, Mr. Personality. One woman chooses from 20 steel-masked bachelors. Uh, love in the Oval Office. <laughs> A fake president chooses Jesus. love from oh one of five God. advisors mm. who give him advice and feedback on tasks he must complete. Three, dressing for love. That's right. Oh. Dressing for love. Oh, A disheveled yeah. woman is introduced to three bachelors without them knowing she's the contestant and then introduced again after a full makeover or four dry cleaner of love <laughs> set in a laundry. Women must pick a date from plastic wrapped men as they are moved past on dry cleaners hooks. <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> 
One uh, of these is real. Uh, Mr. Personality. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've, I don't know if it's because of this or not, but I feel like I've heard the term Mr. Personality and it sounds like it came from that era. So I'm going to go with that too, just for fun. All right. Uh, the correct answer is Mr. Personality. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, and the, I have to say the, uh, the masks looked kind of like, a cross between Magneto's helmet yeah. and Ultron's face. You know, it's funny. Oh, I, that's what I'm picturing. And I wonder if that's because I saw a promo for the show. They <laughs> were kind of terrifying. They had a cut yeah. out around the chin so yeah. you could see the jawline. And that was about it. Ah. Oh. Oh. I was thinking Transformers too, but you know. Like Batman. All right. Question two. A Double Shot at Love in 2008 was one of the rare bisexual dating shows ever aired oh. with both male and female contestants. That wasn't the only twist though. What was the other dating twist on the show? Hmm. One, instead of single contestants, married or dating couples competed to be picked by the lucky bachelorette. Hmm. Two, instead of a single contestant, identical female twins had to pick their perfect date, who would then pick one of the twins at the finale. Ugh. Three, the show consisted of three pairs of twins, all of whom went out on a group date hoping to find love. <laughs> That sounds confusing. <laughs> or four, the contestants always went out on a date that started with each person having to have a certain number of drinks decided by a trivia contest. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with, with twins as the like twins as the um, the contestants. The bisexual are, twins twist. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with number one. And wasn't this Tequila Tequila's show? Uh, it evolved out of it. Okay. It was kind of a spin I'm going with one. I, I like number one, too. Just because it sounds actually the most interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm picking. Okay. The correct answer is, in fact, the twins. Aha. No. Yeah, it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, this this show was the third season of Finding Love with Tila mm -hmm. Tequila, and they wrote her out, I guess, and started again. <laughs> hmm. um, all right. Next, in 2005, ran for six seasons and had a rather unusual twist. What was it? One. The contestant could shout next and their date would instantly replaced by, be replaced by a new partner. Ooh. Two, the elimination show had the men vote to eliminate a woman after each round of speed dating and vice versa. Three, featured contestants getting to know three potential dates purely through texting before picking who to go out on a date with. One of the three was a potential date. One was a gold digger and one was an ex. Mm. Or four, Dating took place over the dating platform of tomorrow. Telephone party lines. <laughs> Contestants had to find someone to enter a private room with before the end of the call. I'm going with number one. They yeah. shout next. I'm going with that because I know that was a show, I think. I think the show you're talking about was called Next. It was called Next. Uh, yeah, I just, that has the greatest investment in trauma, so it must be real. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact... The correct yeah. show. <laughs> uh, apparently, they would have a bus waiting outside yes. the date venue with like four more dates on there. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And every time the person shouted next, the person would just have to get up, run out and someone would from the bus would run in and sit in their seat. And I was hoping going. for a trap door. There was, <laughs> a, I feel like there was a Yeah. I feel like there was, I, cause I remember i I watched episodes of that show and I know there was at least once, probably a couple times where like a person stepped off the bus and immediately was, got nexted Ooh, <laughs> how does that happen wow well, just sight see them the dating venue is the bus stop Ooh, that's rough <laughs> all right final question dating shows get pretty crazy and some of them are hard to believe they existed which of the following shows was not a real show oh geez one chains of love four contestants are chained to their date for four days 
<laughs> Two, conveyor belt of love. Ooh. Women sit next to a conveyor belt and pick hot guys as they drift past. <laughs> Four, puppy love, a dating show for pets and zoo animals. <laughs> what? Or four, date my mom. Young men date mothers to decide which daughter to pick. Oh, I think the zoo animal thing. I have a guess, but I also want to wait to hear what Trevor says. That is, that is pets and zoo animals from Dan. Uh, puppy puppy love. love. I know one of them. Which one? Help me out. I'm not in the lead so right now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I want to say chain of love. My guess is conveyor belt. The correct answer is, in fact, puppy love. Ah, oh, damn. Puppy never existed. You could have tied. <laughs> I think next is probably the cringiest because the whole, like, their little, like, introductions are just always, like, I feel like there was someone that wrote these for them. Mm. Um, and there is some good, uh, chaotic twink, uh, <laughs> energy in the, the gay episodes. Oh, wow. Oh, they're gay. Episodes. Yes. I feel like chaotic twink should actually be in alignment. In <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, Don. So uh, listener, I'm a lawful you, chub. Yeah. <laughs> so Trevor, if, if, if people are feeling their chaotic twink energy, where can they, uh, where can they direct it? <laughs> well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Yeah. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can leave five stars. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. And see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Maybe you're uh, you're listening and you're because uh, you're on the next bus. Oh. Waiting for oh, your, no. your date. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're up. You're up. It's your turn. There, you're rushing. You're taking out your your AirPods, and you step off the bus, and Michael's there, and he's uh he's got he's wearing his iron mask because it's also that show too. <laughs> oh my dear God. Um, but oh no, you're on the conveyor belt of love. So, what's <laughs> wrong?